recording the podcast. Shut up. Good morning to you wherever you are because it is a morning somewhere for February 21st, 2024. My name is Bernie Burns. With me sitting right over there is the lovely Ashley. I, I had my, my, my little whoa, 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 whoa. My uh, theme song was down a little bit too low, but that's okay. I can fix it in post, Ash. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit low when we started. So when I did my good morning, <laughs> Ashley about jumped out of her skin. Even was, knowing that it was coming. Me and the cat. It was uh, it was a little too loud. Where is the cat? He's under here. Oh, shoot. Terrified. <laughs> Sweet mush. I, I got a photo of him today that will be a great thumbnail photo. He looked... I believe the word is nonplussed. He, he was not happy. <laughs> he was. He looked fine until I brought the camera up and went to take his photo, and then he just gave me this look of like, "Who are you? How yeah, dare you?" You got the stink eye, <laughs> the feline <laughs> stink eye. How you doing, Ash? It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday, my dude. Uh, the, the Borderlands movie. Did you know that was announced by the way nine years ago? Is that right? Nine years ago. Uh, has uh, They've put out a poster. Uh, they've put out a teaser trailer. A full trailer is coming out today. Man, this movie, I don't know what this movie is going to be exactly. Has I'm it like, changed hands or anything like that? Because there was like Halo stuff forever, you know? There Going was all the way Halo back to like 2007. There's a couple movies that they announced a really long time ago for like video game adaptations. Uh, some of them came out. Some of them are, have got stuck in development hell. I remember one of the ones that I really would have liked to see, but I'm actually kind of glad that it hasn't come out yet because now as we enter the good video game adaptation era, it has a chance. It's Bioshock. Oh, right. Yeah. I think that could be a really, really cool one in the right hand. Is there a particular Bioshock that you think would be best for adaptation? Talking about the first one? I mean, I say just go with the first one. Yeah. Um, but the this one, um, this one's directed by Eli Roth. It's <laughs> The poster is like, from the producer of Uncharted, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, what was that? They put it at the bottom of the poster, from the, the producer. producer. It's, um, it's, what's his name? Um. Avi Arad? Gotcha. Avi Arad? I don't know how to pronounce it, unfortunately. Um, and Venom. I don't know enough about this guy, but if memory serves, he was specifically called out at the end of the Spider-Man multiverse. He was, that's right. And they all thanked him for making all of this possible. Like, I guess internally they credit him with keeping the whole Marvel franchise alive before it became like, the MCU. Like pre-Feige. Yeah. Era. Yeah. Um, but he's the guy that kind of like kept it all, kept it all wrangled up. Kept it tight. Kept it tight. Uh, there, which there's some, potentially some more stuff to talk about uh, later because Disney's got a new deal with Sony that I'm, I'm curious if it's going to have <laughs> so some we, other fallout. Anyway. It's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Like when they we'll, handed over all their physical media to Sony. Yeah. So we'll, let's talk about that for now. Um, the, uh, so Disney uh, and Sony have just announced that Disney is no longer going to be doing its own physical distribution. They're going to be working with Sony. Sony is going to do all of Disney's physical distribution. Wow. Which is a huge change, although it is one of those um, declining markets. Yeah, but uh, it's just a huge milestone when a company like Disney's no longer doing their own physical media. I guess at some point they just won't do physical media, and that'll be the big milestone, but it's wild to hear them just handing it over to somebody else. It is, uh, although I wonder if it's part of a bigger deal that we don't have the full details on yet, because there has been a lot more coordination between Disney and Sony with the Spider-Man franchise. And I wonder if there may be like... Tr- trading or including um, certain perks or something 
um, in return in order to be doing that? I'm not sure. Uh, I will say the physical market is on the decline. Um, revenue, this is from an article on Variety, uh, dropped 28%. Um, in the first half of 2023 compared to the first half of 2022. What dropped? Revenue? Um, revenue for physical media. Gotcha. Um, the, uh, 2024 is projected to be the first year that revenue for uh, physical media drops below a billion dollars for the year. Hmm. Which, you know, that that is that's sliding. Netflix stopped doing mail-in DVDs. They did? That's they all did. done? They stopped it. They I, stopped it. I can't, which is crazy to believe. They built that whole enormous business on those mail-in DVDs that then you would like keep for a really long time going like, no, I'm definitely going to watch this. Definitely. And then months later you give up and you send it back. I was in Houston, Texas a week and a half ago pumping gas. And I was watching these kids gleefully go through the catalog on a red box kiosk, which I thought were all long gone, but they were having a blast. They, I forgot about this. Do you remember they had like a sun protector that was a thing you would lift up, like a shade? I do. And the kids were <laughs> and under going it. like a booth. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and they were tapping away, picking their movie for the day. But I, if you don't know what Redbox is, it's basically a vending machine for rental DVDs where you could rent things. It's like a blockbuster, but really tiny. Yeah, but outside and on the curb, <laughs> yeah. basically. Just like anywhere. And then you, yeah, you you check out a DVD basically and then you have to return it. I think you put in a deposit and then you return it and you get a deposit back. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation that there could be a couple roll-ups uh, in media that are left to happen. Obviously, one that's in the news is Discovery slash Warner is now trying to merge with Paramount. Who knows if they'll be, be able to get that done. Uh this Sony, like Disney and Sony deals seem to keep happening. I wonder what it would take for how big would one of those deals be and who's got the deepest pockets to make that happen? Yeah, I don't know. Those are two industry giants. And the other thing about Sony is that it is a Japanese company. Yeah. And I find it very difficult to believe that they would ever, ever allow themselves to be acquired by Disney. The entire company, but it's possible that the media division you know, that the film and TV division could like it, Warner Brothers was part of AT&T before they did the deal with uh, Discovery. Yeah, I guess it's, it's which guess also it's possible bizarre. They, like, split just split off that part of the company. If they're they maybe Sony proper just wants to focus on their electronics. If that's the you know, if that's the future, who knows? Like who would have discussed who would have predicted? I mean, 15 years ago that Warner Brothers HBO and Discovery would even be on the same level. You yeah, know, Discovery no. seems like such an odd fit in there. It does. It really, it's a very strange, I feel like, sort of business smooshed together. And Sony, you know, it's like, I'm sure it's a good deal, but, you know, Sony taking over Disney's home video. Like, when you think about home video. <laughs> Do you think they'll bring back the big plastic white cases? <laughs> you those, remember how, those things were enormous. There was back when... Uh, for our fellow olds when VHS was the thing yeah. and Disney had to be special because they're like, we've brought the Little Mermaid out of the Disney vault and <laughs> they sell it in this padded white plastic VHS case that was so much bigger that it almost didn't fit on the shelf with other VHS yep. because they wanted to stand out. And guess what? They did and it worked for them. And it was such lousy quality too. Like those things did not hold up, especially with kids getting them. They yeah, always the cracked on the side. Yeah, it's awful. It had a little tear on it. Do you remember the Tomb Raider games? The old Tomb Raider games. You buy the the physical um, the box, and one of the things that set Tomb Raider apart, which was very annoying, is that they did not have a rectangular box. It was um, 
trapezoidal. It was um, it was narrower at the top, like a triangle with the top cut off. I'm giving you a nonplussed look right now because <laughs> you are the person who keeps every box that you've ever had for any video game. And it used to be video games used to be uh, they had the same problem that other people did, but they had it for much longer where they would make these kind of obscenely large retail packages for their products they because so they wanted big. to stand out. Yeah. And uh, and then you would open up and there's, here's your CD <laughs> uh, yeah. or here's your, here's your pile of four discs. Now here's your QR code. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, they did at least have like a lot of fun manuals and stuff. I remember uh, some of the earlier Elder Scrolls and they would uh, come with the physical map and things. And I, uh, specifically for a game called Morrowind, this was before Elder Scrolls 4, which was Oblivion. Uh, a lot of the things in Morrowind, uh, it would tell you, you need to go here and then go west. But they didn't have an in-game map. so I, Or if they did, it was not easily referenced. So I would actually pull out the physical map and be like, all right, I need to get from here to here. And I'd be like, all right, we're running south. And I used the physical map to navigate through the world. But that brings us back to now talking about video games is this Borderlands teaser that came out. Yeah, so this is such... A weird movie. I don't know whether to be excited or oh, get excited. Completely unexcited. I think this will be good. It has such a strange cast. So, in 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 kind of a good way, in kind of a like, I'm interested to see how these people do thrown in with the rest of the cast way. Um, so, Kate Blanchett is playing Lilith, so she seems to be the lead. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is playing Tannis. Great. The one that's got a lot of people with question marks is Kevin Hart is playing Roland. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, why didn't you get an Idris Elba for this? What's going on? But I'm honestly kind of curious to see where he goes with it. I'm not I'm not immediately going to write off a comedic actor or a comedic personality in a role that's a bit more serious because I've seen way too many comedic actors and comedians be really fantastic at more serious takes. It's a very Com campy series in general. It's though. very yeah. campy series, but he's also more of like a straight man character in the campy series. Oh, oh, Roland. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jack Black is playing Claptrap. Uh, Gina Gershon is Moxie. Here's um, someone I didn't know. Gina so Gershon. Yeah, wow. she's playing Mad Moxie. That's great. Interesting, right? Um, Tiny Tina is being played by someone named Ariana Greenblatt, who I didn't know, but I do know. She's the daughter in Barbie. Uh, you know, every time they cast video games as adaptations for movies and TV and things, when they cast them, I'm always like, why didn't they just give a shot to the person who made the character amazing to begin with? You know? Right. And I feel that way, like Tiny Tina, that's Ashley Birch, right? And she's done live action stuff. She's in the uh, the Silicon Valley. No. No, the Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest yep, TV she's in show. That. Yep. Um, there are, interestingly enough, some, uh, some actors in here, um, Benjamin Byron Davis, he's playing a character, Marcus, he's yeah. playing Marcus, but he's actually best known for, uh, a voice role in Red Dead Redemption 2. Teddy used to play Borderlands 2 on a loop, I felt like. That was a game that he, it was his comfort game and he would go back and play Borderlands 2. And I, after like four or five months, I was like, how can you do this? That being said... I still play the exact same games I played 10 years ago. I, I saw play, you yesterday playing Contagion. I play Contagion, I play Sea of Thieves, and I play Halo. Those are the games I play. Well, also, we have a special history with Borderlands because when we were long distance, Borderlands 2 is basically how we dated. Yeah, yeah. You remember? We yeah. would uh, we would both just log on to Borderlands 2, and that's how we would hang out and spend time together. I got to say, too, there's another connection there because JD uh, is kind of like our DJ, we trust JD's musical taste. Whenever we like go on a road trip or something, we just hand it over to him and he'll play stuff, which I never know 
how the hell he finds this stuff, but he always finds the coolest music. And I think that started in his early teens with Borderlands because Borderlands has a reputation of having incredible licensed music in there, like stuff like Cage the Elephant. There's uh, Busy Earning, uh, Kiss the Sky. All those songs are tremendous songs that both Borderlands and the Tales from the Borderlands series always has had amazing music in it. There was a, a trailer for one of the Borderlands games and it had a, a song called Come With Me Now by Congos. Mm -hmm. And I'd never heard it before. I've heard it a couple times since, but I immediately locked in on that song. Do you ever find a piece of music where you just, you're going to take it and you're going to put it on repeat until you can't stand it anymore? That was that song was one of those for me. Like it just like it hooked me in. I think the kids call them bangers. Is that what it is? It's a banger. Um, anyway, I love that song, and it actually came up on uh, on one of my Spotify playlists for Finn the other day, and he was like, "I like this song." So now it's Passing back in it my on. life. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised though if a lot of people have a similar story to what you just said. Like they they played Borderlands, they discovered some song, and it became like their favorite song for six months. And I just think what a cool job that would be to be a developer and be the person who just like goes out and finds cool music to put in the game. And it's not really well known when they license it for the game. So it's probably fairly inexpensive to do it, but they find these incredible tunes and people latch onto them. And not just video games. You could be running up that hill. <laughs> but you should go check it out if you're on spotify i looked it up there was a borderlands playlist that somebody did and it's all these really great songs we'll put it in the link dump it goes all the way back to i don't know what the cage the elephant song's name is it's ain't no rest for the wicked right is is that the name of the song i think it's ain't no rest yeah ain't no rest okay yeah and that one was a huge hit no nope, the song is fully Ain't no rest for the wicked. Yeah. You'll, I don't know if we can play it on here because now we're on Apple iTunes. But And it, that does bring up another question. We've heard so much about casting for this movie. They've got to have someone going wild on the music. Yeah, they probably do. Another thing that's weird about Borderlands is the aesthetic is so strong with that cel-shaded look. And a lot of games tried to pull it off. But Borderlands, it really, I think, launched them to a different level where people latched onto them as a brand. And the weird thing about it was it was added so late in development that it was not a cel-shaded game up until right before it came out. Yeah, there are uh, quite a few screenshots, and I believe at some point they even released a trailer before they adopted the new sort of cel-shaded-like style. Yeah. And we'll put a link to some of those screenshots in the link dump as well because it looks like a game. Kind of just, it looks like a game, but it does generic. not look... Yeah. It doesn't have that iconic look that Borderlands really managed to develop. I'm sure that a lot of other things about the game were still a lot of fun. Like, they would have still had the uh, irreverent humor and all that stuff, because that would have come probably a lot earlier in development. But this uh, this look that they applied to it was seemed like the finishing touch. It really, it really, really brought the room together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll say so. It's been around so long... It was part of that huge trend where everyone did episodic gaming for like a year. And the weird thing about that was I felt like almost nobody finished those tales when they started, like Tales from the Borderland. I think a lot of the issue... Half-Life didn't even finish their episodic stuff. I feel like a lot of the issue with that stuff, too, was that uh, a Telltale Games Telltale, uh, licensed enough, yeah. a billion properties. Uh, and I think they they just, they overexpanded. They couldn't make and they couldn't actually make all the things that they were working on did they or was the market just not there like people thought it was a thing and it really wasn't maybe a little bit of both but for the most could you buy the games by the episode or did mm. you sort of like buy the season yeah you could but a lot of the telltale uh the developer telltale their hallmark was the choices you made in the game 
then affected later parts of the story. Uh, like in Walking Dead in particular, uh, there were characters you could kill early on, almost like Mass Effect, you know, but on a smaller scale. And those things would would impact the story later on. You were big into the Wolf Among Us, I remember, was a Telltale one, right? Mm-hmm. It was the fairy yeah. tale one. And then they were going to do more Wolf Among Us. I'm not sure that ever got made. And then yeah. Telltale kind of got shut down. And then some of the developers or some other developers bought it back and were trying to work on stuff. I'm not sure anything's come out from them since. Yeah. Borderlands also has this weird thing. We're talking a lot about Borderlands, but we're covering a lot of territory while talking about Borderlands. It also has a weird place in my mind where it's one of these it gets really close to a narrative that's too complicated. Like at first blush, especially when you see it before the cell shaded stuff, it kind of just looks like a Mad Max inspired game. Right. right. It's like Mad Max meets space. Right. But then they add the space layer into it where it's a different planet. It was a Pandora. No, yes. no, that's Avatar. No, that's Is it Pandora? Same one. It's also okay. Pandora. <laughs> yeah. It's uh they've, they've got this planet where these vault hunters go and they're trying to hunt this treasure. And that's why they're on this, what looks like clearly an apocalyptic planet, but it's really a sci-fi space adventure. And sometimes games get too complicated like that. I think the classic example is Assassin's Creed because you're in this like period piece where you're roaming around and having a lot of fun. And then you, oh Now you're in the future. Now we're in the real near future. And it's just like, you don't need this. I felt like I never needed that in the Assassin's Creed series. Some people got really into the present day story of the Assassin's Creed series. I cannot say I was ever one of them. I actually play one of the games I play on MetaQuest. I can't remember the name now, but it's like a dungeon crawling game. What is that game? Yeah, Dungeons of Eternity. Is that what it is? Dungeons of Eternity? Something like that. So that is, you're not like a medieval person in that. You know that, right? You're a sci-fi person flying around in spaceships and you go to dungeons. You go to, you go, well, you're (laughs) you're on a planet that's infinite dungeons. Right. You don't need all that. You don't need all that. And I think Borderlands is like, gets really close to that line, but they're okay. But it's how they sell things like in Dungeons of Eternity. There's like holograms and stuff. You're like, you can't have a medieval hologram, but if you're in space, medieval castle dungeon then you can have holograms and borderlands does a great job too of like you can come in at this level top level and be totally fine and enjoy the game just shoot the stuff go get the things get the treasure win the game but there's also like this incredible lore and universe behind it with all those corporations and everything and if you want to and tales for the borderlands goes much deeper into that you can do a deep dive on all that stuff if you want to but i almost feel like you're not missing anything if you don't sure Right. Yeah. It's like stay up here where it's silly. Yeah. If you get super duper into it, there's more to discover. If you just enjoy the shooty, shooty, looty, you're covered. (laughs) Shooty, shooty, (laughs) looty. You know, I feel like uh, I want to talk about one other thing while we're we're chatting about things today. We were talking about Tom Holland uh, and Tom Hollander getting Tom Holland's check. And I was thinking the other day, Tom Holland's got this great reputation of being a kid who spoils everything in the Marvel Universe. But he's actually historically not the worst spoiler for the MCU. No, <laughs> there no, was he's not. This crazy interview that was Don Cheadle and Mark Ruffalo. Oh my god, I remember this interview. This is an amazing interview. It's amazing to go back and watch it now because you wonder how did this not become a bigger thing? And we this ties in. I was thinking about this because we were talking about Return of the Jedi not making money. You know, hasn't turned a profit, and David Prowse famously has never gotten his money uh, for his royalties. Because his royalties were tied to profit, not to gross or whatever. At least he says that, right? And then, But it is true that Return of the Jedi has not turned a profit. Well, Prowse, I didn't know this, very famously spoiled the greatest spoiler in the history of cinema, which was, you know, Luke, I am your I'm father. I'm your father, sure. 
Um, Spoilers. And that's, and that's not actually the real quote. That's what everyone says, but that's not the real quote either. But he actually said it at a one of these small ballroom conventions back in the 80s, early 80s. He spoiled it. It was in the papers and everything. But because there was no internet, it didn't go all over the place. And Mark Ruffalo, in this interview with Don Cheadle, literally just says, everybody dies in Infinity War. Like, in this next movie, everybody's going to die. Don Cheadle's like... What like, the fuck? Yeah, his eyes are his eyes are white. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe you said that. But the thing is, <laughs> I imagine someone very smart at Disney, someone very very smart, were like, oh, don't don't say anything about this. We are not going to stry sand this bitch. They did a good job of and not amplifying. So play it cool, and everyone will just write it off as Mark Ruffalo joking around, which. At the time, everyone did. But when you watch the interview, like Mark Ruffalo tries to cover and Don Cheadle's like, just Shh, stop. Just shut, stop <laughs> talking. Stop <laughs> talking. <laughs> it's so, like Don Cheadle's doing everything he can to help him, like move on from it. And it's just like, oh my God, I think we've like, all been in that scenario. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can like almost like feel his tongue trying to reverse. Yeah. And they must have suppressed it. That's all I can think. And then later on, they decided, okay, now you can put this out. And because now it's a funny story and it's now it's the lore. Right. I mean, you can almost feel the PR people scrambling <laughs> off camera. <laughs> it's just like, I think John Cheadle at one point even starts talking to someone off camera. It, it's absolutely wild, though. It's funny, though. All right. Well, that does it for us today. Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. We will be back to talk to you tomorrow. We hope you'll be here as well. Bye, everybody.